Cruz. Move this back out. Okay. My name is Erica Valle, and I'm your parish administrator, um, which means that I have the privilege of knowing and loving every single person in this room. Although there, okay, there's a few I don't know yet. I'll, I'll get to you. Um, and I'm used to being on the other side of the camera, helping to put together so many of the elements that you're seeing right now, um, the recordings, prayers, announcements, and even the bulletin in your hands. But if I may, I would like to use today's gospel to talk a little bit about my family's immigrant experience and my own experience here at REC. And if I may, again, I would like to go rogue and begin with a, begin with a quote from the Gospel of Matthew. For I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. This verse most reminds me of my family's experience. Some of them are here today, but others are watching online, and they represent dozens more, past and present. My mother's family is from San Luis Potosí, Mexico, and my great-grandparents, Andres and Teresa Leja, were um, migrant farm workers, and they began their journey here in Texas as migrant farm workers, um, following crops around the country, picking strawberries, asparagus, onions, and more. And day in and day out, they were bent over in the field, which took its toll on their bodies, but never on their faith. And they struggled financially and with issues of racism, finding that as foreigners, as Mexicans, they were often not welcome in many places. But there's not a day that goes by where I'm not proud of, the work in the, of their work in those fields, um, working to produce the foods that we eat every day. And eventually, someone told my great-grandfather of this beautiful state where they could find jobs in the canneries and live where the weather was always beautiful. He'd never heard of this place. ¿Dónde está California? Where is California? And with a leap of faith, they went and they found out. In today's gospel, Jesus says, I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. My family put down roots in Alviso, California, which is close to San Francisco, and all of my mother's family still lives there, some of them in the same house that my great-grandparents owned. The pandemic has kept us separated now for almost a year and a half, but we know, through the grace of God, we will find our way back to each other once again. And as I speak of my family on this Mother's Day, I feel that the mothers of my family, and all the mothers I know, all the mothers in this room, um, embody the verse from today's gospel. No one has greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. If you're a mother, I think you understand these words perfectly. In thinking about today's gospel, oh, sorry. In thinking about today's gospel, I realized that Jesus was a foreigner too, because who was his equal? Who could possibly understand where he was coming from or where he was going? I think he understood on some level what immigrants experience, feeling strange and out of place, and like when we speak, if you can understand. Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And I think he knew how hard it is for us to love each other sometimes, and maybe that's why he commanded it instead of asking it. In a way, I think this was his way of entrusting us to one another after he was gone. I think of news reports of tragedies, tragedies in other countries, and newscasters are always careful to say X number of victims were Americans or Texans or whatever applies to that particular audience watching. Why do we need to see ourselves in others in order to feel empathy or love? Why is it that sometimes we have to know someone of a different race or religion personally before we can bring ourselves to care about the injustices they face? Consider what the poet John Donne wrote. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. 
Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. I think Jesus understood how fickle human nature can be when he said in the Gospel of Matthew, what you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. I think he said this so that it would be him that you see in other people. He's the one who wants to meet you in this other person as we say every Sunday in our Eucharistic prayer. Like Emily said in her sermon a few weeks ago, Jesus wants to meet you halfway. So maybe if you meet someone one day who's not of your race or religion and is from a different walk of life, and you're having a hard time caring about them or loving them or relating to them, start with remembering that it is Jesus that you're really seeing when you see that person. Well, it seems like a monumental task to love someone as Jesus loved us. He loved us enough to die on a cross. Now, there have been brave people throughout history who have died for their friends, but for the majority of us, luckily, it never comes up. Well, so how do we love? Well, we all love in different ways. For me, the way I show love over in the office is to do things for people. It's not easy for me to tell someone that I love them. But if Judy or Josh, Susan, Jennifer, Cindy, Rusty, Richard, Idalia, or Bill ask me to do something, I drop everything to do it for them. Or if I'm busy, you know, I do it later in the day, but it always gets done by the end of that day. Um, if they're hosting some event and they need help, I'm there, even if it's something like yard work that I have no interest in whatsoever. If I promised to bring donuts to their outdoor chapel and there was a snowstorm days before causing a major food shortage, I go to three different stores until I find donuts. If I realize they haven't eaten lunch or they need more coffee, I offer to get it for them. And that's how I say I love you. And I can already admit I do fall short. But I try to love each of them each day in the best way that I know how. And maybe that's a good starting point. Figure out exactly how you love and work at doing it better every day. And on this Mother's Day, I've come to the realization that I show my love for others in the same way that my own mother does. I also think loving someone means you have to tell them hard truths sometimes. As we've seen throughout the Gospels, Jesus often rebuked his apostles, told them when they were wrong, and forced them out of their comfort zones. It's hard to tell someone you love when they've hurt you or are dated or racist or sexist in their thinking. But Jesus did not shy away from these hard conversations, especially with those he loved the most. He knew that loving someone means you have an obligation to them. I know it's hard to tell difficult truths to the ones you love. I know it is. But if we've been entrusted to care for one another, you have to. Because if you don't, who will? I walk into, this office, into the office every day and into this church every Sunday knowing I look different than most people here. No one treats me differently. It's just something that a minority is often aware of beneath the surface. And I often feel the burden of being other. Am I pushing too hard when I talk about racial issues? Are others offended? Am I too sensitive? And these are the types of things minorities often struggle with. But then, then, there is the joy of being other. It's been my pleasure to speak to reconcilers in Spanish, and I feel an instant connection to them when I do. And I'm proud to say that my parents passed on the Spanish language to me mostly. I'm not fluent, but I can fool you into believing that maybe I am. Um, to this point, a few months ago, Josh asked me to start these situations. Who's going to watch that, I thought, and probably said out loud, to be honest. I would remember thinking, would it just be me praying into the void? 
but you all know Josh and how optimistic and encouraging he is. Let's just try it, he said. And I was touched to be asked, and I know it didn't seem that way, but and also honored to use my gift of language in that way. And I've been so moved by the response others have tuned in, even if they themselves don't know Spanish. And I was so grateful to Josh and to Jennifer Murphy and the families who tuned in the very first time I did morning prayer. And then a few weeks later, Josh even tuned in on a day he was supposed to be off from work. Neither he nor Jennifer speaks any Spanish, as far as I know. Um, I don't think either of them realized how much it meant to me to have these two people that I love so much celebrate and respect and care about what makes me different from them. Similarly, when I began learning people here know I'd be preaching today, the love and support and promises to be here in attendance or to watch the live stream was staggering and humbling. Through the love I received from the staff and from all of you, I feel like whatever I may want to do in the future, this, this place is my safe place to land. And what I want to illustrate from all this is that accepting and loving someone doesn't mean you forget what makes them different. It means you acknowledge those differences and the struggles that made them who they are. Those trial weeks of morning prayer, I think, are now a permanent thing, and all because someone recognized and respected a gift I could offer. And this week, I realized that by doing that, I'm giving my friends my own knowledge, sharing the gifts that I've been given, that have been passed down from my own parents, same as Jesus did when he said, I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. All the gifts that I have are now yours. I love to tell the story of the first time I came to REC. And many of you have heard a version of it over the years. So back in 2018, I answered a job advertisement. And in preparation for my interview, my mom and I decided to sneak into a church service, sitting in the back row so I could see what I might be getting into, and you know, to have a good story to tell during the interview. I remember Thad Robertson welcomed us as greeter, and we were really nervous at having to wear name tags. Um, we tried to sit in the back, but as anyone who's been here knows, there's really no back here. And the man who would interview me, Robert Woody, walked right over to us and introduced himself. And I had to admit why I was here. And I remember thinking, even if I don't get this job, I'm so glad I know about this place. And through my work as your administrator, I feel I'm one of you now and valued for what makes me different. And I feel I've lived today's gospel by bearing fruit through my work that will last here well after I'm gone. Me llamo Erika Teresa Valle. My name is Eric Teresa Valle, and I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. <laughs>